When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's got to 2-2 and we've still got more than half an hour to go. And here's Ozil. Lacazette. Ozil! Hello, welcome to another Tashi Gunas podcast. Um, my name's Lewis. I'm joined this week by two regulars. We've got Shabs and uh, Nigerian Dan. How you doing, gentlemen? Yeah, I'm good. And uh, we've got Jess, the AC gaffer. How you doing, man? How's it going, guys? Um, I'm very glad to have got the call up for Tashi Gunas, uh, one of my favourite shows online. So uh, I feel privileged to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're welcome, mate. It's it's very lovely to have you as well. Um, do, do you want to get your first plug out of the way? Is that is, is do you want to do like? Might as well make it a you know a nice little segue into it. Not subtly well, done, guys. You? Thank you for those of you that don't know me. My name is Jess, and I'm part of the Armchair Gaffers podcast. Um, Shabs, why are we laughing? No, because you're so good at it. <laughs> you're so good at it. The whole I'm thing. Called, I mean, called, I'm learning from you. T- tell me a bit about the Armchair Gaffers podcast, Jess. So, guys, if you like level-headed, thought-out football debate, come to the Armchair Gaffers, subscribe. At the same time, if you like hot-headed, reactionary podcasts, come to the Armchair Gaffers and subscribe. We have it all because we know it all. That's Armchair Gaffers. We're out Mondays, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays with your live stream. Also... I have my own show called 1v1, where I interview personalities. Uh, I've done Joe Bayer, I've done Andrew Mensah, and I've got one coming out on Friday with Anita Abayomi from Sky Sports and The Athletic. So make sure you tune into Armchair Gaffers three, four, five, six times a week. Who knows? Because content is king. Nicely put. Nicely I don't put. like shabs. No, hey, none listen, of us like shabs. None you're of us move, like you're, shabs. Listen, you're moving like Suge Knight with it. Like, come <laughs> 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 Well... At least we could start the podcast in good spirits because I don't think 
by the end of this podcast, we're not going to be in particularly in good spirits. So, um, Jess, since you're the uh, well, it's just it's your second appearance, isn't it? You've been on uh, you've been on the Touchdown Main Pod before, and you've been on Touchy Gunas before, right? Yep. So third so, time. So so third, yeah. So your third Touchline appearance, second on Touchy Gunas. Um, tell me a little about your expectations heading into. Uh, deadline day and the final days coming up into deadline day. Did you expect any business to happen? I expected Edu to explode. I think the common theme in past windows has been a surprise from Edu. I think the uh, Pepe signing a little while ago was a bit of a surprise because of the price tag. You know, um, Erdegaard was a bit of a surprise-ish not, but we've been, we've had signings. So I expected something to come out of the bag. Um, kind of. Rem- I expected this. The window when we signed those five players was it Arteta, Mertesacker? Uh, who did who did we sign that window? Like five random players. I kind Andre of thought that Santos. was gonna Yeah, I kind of thought that was going to happen because I I trusted Edu uh, very much, and um, I'll be honest, I'm disappointed. We've had so many departures, and I don't know how our squad's going to get through the end of the season. Luckily, there's only one competition, so that might be in their thinking. Mm, mm, but mm, over, mm. overriding feeling was disappointment. So you, so you expected signings to come in. Where, where did you expect us to strengthen? Up front, right away. It was mm. clear Aubameyang was going. So I, I thought, yep, get another striker in, and also in midfield because um, you see what happens to our midfield when we lose one or two players um, with no. We had Jacker's suspension. We had parties um, after combinations. Lukonga doesn't look ready. Um, I think they tried to put early guard in there. It hasn't been working. So I was like, you know what? Midfield, central midfield, and um, up front. I think for me personally, the defence mm. is fine, especially when you consider that we expect Saliba back next season. Centre-back looks okay. Um, Tierney, good. Tavares, okay. Um, I just thought midfield and up front, 100%, but it, did, it didn't happen. So... Um, I guess see I'm, su- see, I'm surprised that you thought it was 100%. I, I really do, because, you know, <clears throat> this is Arsenal Football Club at the end of the day. And um, I think I, I expected us to do something. I put a 50 quid bet on with Dr. Leroy. Um, not as much as some other people. Uh, I'm not going to go into any names, but um, yeah, certain man I know this month. Certain man I know, you know what I mean? Certain man I know. But not me, just a little 50 quid. As you can see from my background, I could afford the 50 quid, you know what I mean? It's a light, light work for me, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I, I, I was pretty adamant we'd do something because just, just purely in terms of, you know, um, the outgoings and, 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 and also the opportunity there to, you know, like there's a massive opportunity to finish in the top four, which is worth X amount of money to us. And I just thought it's obvious, right? Like if there's a player available that you like and a player available that strengthens us and it's for an affordable fee, you go for it and you get it done. And um, whether that be on a loan, you know, because look, we, we've been struggling with numbers in midfield mainly over the last few weeks. Xhaka's suspensions, Partey away at AFCON. Partey's been a bit unreliable with injuries since he's come. Um, so I, I expected a midfield signing at the very least, especially considering you've, you've let Ainsley Mike Lanaus go as well. Lokonga's been 
a bit higgy hagga you know not not you know he's young so I'm not going to get on these case too much but he's not he's not the third choice that we need so yeah I was I was very surprised man I was very surprised and what we've done is extremely risky and I think it's it shows a lack of ambition I think it I think it really does um and you know me and Dan Koos, we've had these arguments before about it's a difficult argument to 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 have because uh, I guess we put the money up for Vlavic, right? Um, so I don't know if this solely rests with the board, but we've spoken about before about the club's reluctance to spend money when it really matters, and um, I feel like this is one of those windows we might look back at in May and and be like, if we had just signed Bruno Bruno G, maybe we'd be sitting in top four. Champions League, you know, and I just I'm finding it hard to shake that feeling of that you know we might end up uh, regretting this. Um, Shabs, I'll bring you in. I've, I've, I'm going to stop ranting because uh, this podcast's not about me. Um, Shabs, you you were less adamant than me that we were going to sign someone. I, I, I can't remember your exact feelings, but I don't remember you. You know, you expecting anyone to come in? No, nah, man. This is this 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 is what happens when you're hardened by the pain, isn't it? And me, I'm a, I'm a seasoned pro. Like I might look young. I'm older than you know you 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 youthful young bucks. Um, I've seen this time and again, man. There's not number one. We all know the deal with the winter window, so it's difficult to extract value from the winter window anyway. So there's always that. And then maybe if you're an exceptional, exceptional football club with like, um, you know, a sound sporting project or a sound director of football, then maybe you might run a, a one-two works. Um, you know, I'll give you an example. I don't think Liverpool uh, were looking to necessarily be active in the, in the winter window, but where the opportunity um, arised, they pounced. You know, they've been tracking my man for a little minute. You know, they said, no, 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 no. We can't have this you going to Spurs. Let's get active. Boom. They swiped. But that's an ambitious sporting product with a very shrewd director of football. We have Edu. So, again, another factor working against us and in our favour. But um, free or C, I've seen this time and again, you know. Um, and it's just basically, it's sad, but it's what I've come to expect from Arsenal Football Club. So... That's just the reality. That's just the bottom line. So I wasn't adamant that we were going to sign someone. I think a couple of days um, before the end of the week, basically when the Vlaovic stuff really fell apart, which was like the third week of January, week before, I said, that's it, guys. I think we're done. Unless we activate the release clause for Isak, which I thought was possible. Um, I didn't see us signing someone. I hope that we might try a late, um, steal a late march on Bruno G. And... Um, Newcastle, because honestly speaking, I could have, although we need a centre forward and that's what we're crying out for and that's what I, I, I think is our priority, I could have accepted us um, just adding what I think is long-term quality in the middle of the park for us. I think Bruno G is the type of signing exactly which upgrades us for different reasons, both on both sides of the ball, both defensively, but also in terms of retaining the ball, in terms of possession, in terms of passing, in terms of creativity. I think it would have given us something that's different. Um, so I could have possibly accepted that and been appeased by that. But 
we didn't do that either. So from there, I just said, yeah, I'm not expecting us to sign anyone. I'm not expecting to see anything. It is what it is. And yeah, man, I say, I, say, I think I saved myself a lot of hassle on that on 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 deadline day. To be fair. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it is easier to have that kind of negative approach. I'm going to call it negative. No, I don't um, think it's negative. I think it's I, I think it's factual. You know, I go by mm. what they they show me. Yeah, but who did we did we, we? I mean, even in January last like, last season, we got someone. The last few January windows, I feel like we've done business. Like we got yeah, Odegaard on. We got Odegaard on loan last season. We bought Aubameyang a few seasons ago. Um, the season before... I think Pablo Marie we got in January. Oh, yeah. oh. Cedric. Oh, Marie, the best. Cedric. But, but at least we bought in bodies. So bodies that's why in, I, was, right. I, was, I was a little bit surprised that we didn't at least bring in a body. You know, even if it was like a Arthur on loan or... You know, um, who else were we? We were barely linked to anyone. Yeah, you know, we, it was, obviously we had the Vlavic saga, but it was it was Dennis Suarez was one of them as well. Yeah, AJ, yeah, big up AJ for saying a, uh, Dennis Suarez. But Elneny yeah. was a January transfer, wasn't he? Elneny, uh, Elneny was a January. From, that, that, yeah, we've got a long history of actually doing business in January. But it's all terrible so, business. Well, Aubameyang wasn't. Odegaard Bamiang. proven. Oh, not, not I, think, I think the, the top like January signings that I can think of probably are Shavin um, and Aubameyang as like... Reyes? So, like, Reyes as well, yeah. Way back in like yeah, 03, no, 04, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but but I think... But, but I do think like, you know, we're, we're only going to know how good this window or bad this Montreal. window was in, in, in hindsight as well, right? Because... Mm. I think it can go one or two ways. Um, I think without the signings, we're going to be there or thereabouts, I think, right? Um, I don't think that we're going to have this, you know, sort of massive fall-off where we lose sort of five games in a row um, or whatnot, because I think outside of the start of the season, we've not really been that team um, with these same players. So I think if we're able to to maybe eat something out, perform for the rest of the season, and then we go and then we spend big um, in summer... Or if we spend big in summer, regardless of how we finish the season, I don't think people will be too too upset. So like I'm not I'm not like throwing my toys out of the pram about this window because it but it is reminding me of that Emery season where we we could have probably done something a bit, you know, a bit better, but we got Dennis Suarez and then we ended up missing out by a point because Ramsey got injured and we didn't have the depth uh for for him in, in centre mid, you know, and then we sort of collapsed. After after that Ramsey injury, so and um, the and the and the Giroud uh, Özil nineteen assist season as well. Uh, mm. I think what was that fifteen sixteen? Yeah, yeah. It, it's always been a criticism of mine. Like yes, Arsenal, we've spent money. We have we've spent a lot of money, and you know not always wisely. But I always feel like when the when the time comes, you know, to really make a move. We never do it. Like, this was one of those moments again. And it feels like historical moments before where we we had we have a real opportunity to do something, to make a move, you know? Like, our, our, our ops are a bit weak, you know, uh, without going into too much detail about things. Like, our ops are weakening. It's there. It's there to take. And, Can I just say, though? Yeah, go shoot. I think... The management had one eye on the summer and in particular players coming back. All right. So you look at Bruno G not coming in. 
um, that tells me that perhaps they've got plans for Gwendozi because he is yeah. still part of, of the. Of think? the I, I think Arteta hates him. I think he's <laughs> gone. I think he's I'm gone. Trying to extrapolate from what's happened, so they haven't gone for Bruno Guimaraes. The only reasonable answer I can think of is maybe they have plans to bring someone back, such as Gwendozi. I'm not saying this is right. I'm not saying it's what they should do. I'm trying to extrapolate from what they've done. Also, with not bringing in a forward. All I can say from that, I mean, we've heard the reports saying that they were not willing to meet um, Isak's buyout clause because they felt that like he was overvalued. Uh, the problem with that, I think even one of you guys said it on the Twitter, is that buyout clauses are always are always higher than your actual market value. So um, my only thing is maybe they're thinking Nketiah might stay, Balogun's coming back. I'm not too sure. Scary. I'm, 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 Scary not saying, I'm not saying this is right, guys. I'm only trying to rationalise their actions. Mm. I'm not trying to justify yeah. them. I, 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 I think... No, go on, Lewis. Go on, Lewis. It's fine. I was just going to say, I think I think you're you're right that the club are looking towards the summer, but I don't think you're right in terms of it being about players coming back. I think the club, they're, they've taken a risk here where they're going to put all their eggs into the summer basket where, you know, we'll get onto Aubameyang, but obviously they freed up the Aubameyang cash. They've got all these wages off the bill and I think they're going to go for it in the summer and and I really splash the cash. Well, I, I mean, I, I hope I hope they are uh, anyway. Um, but I, I think the thing is that and I agree with that. And the thing is, if that is what they've done, what I personally would like to see them do as well is get a lot of this business wrapped early. Mm. So like you, you want to sign through in it. Them, no, no, but it's in, you know, not, not, not even one of, not even one of them ones. But it's like I think the season, the season ends what mid May, or end of May. Uh, transfer window opens one July. Yeah, what I think would be nice is if you know you get some announcements in that sort of off period. Like you know what Liverpool done when they signed Amino, I think uh, end of December before the transfer window opens. He's there um, one January. He can join up with the squad. Um, they announced Fabinho. I think the day after they lost the Champions League final kind of thing, because it shows it, like they have a plan for the next season. So, you know, if Arsenal are putting all their eggs into summer, um, and I think, I personally think there's a lot, there's a few players who, you know, their years are knocking down off the off the, off their contract. So, Bissouma, one year left, I know he's got some, you know, pending case or something looming over Let's his head. Um, so, he's got, he's going to have one year left in summer. Uh, Tielemans, if that's who they want, he's going to have one year left in summer. I know that there was um, talk about him. The links have been there that he's you know, high up on their list. Um, I mean, regardless of how we feel about that transfer, if that's who they want, you can get that one wrapped. You can say to Leicester, look, he's going to have one year left. We're going to be willing to pay 30 mil. Um, accept that. You know, that one's wrapped. Do you know what I mean? Neves, I think two years left. You can put the money down to Wolves and you say, look, if this guy wants to come, this is how much we're willing to pay. You can get that deal done. That kind of thing. Um, and then whoever your striker is, maybe if it is an ESAC that you're trying to get at a reduced fee, maybe that one does take a little bit longer to negotiate because he's got that release clause. There might be some competition. But I think they've given themselves a lot of business to do in summer. You know Nenny's leaving. You know Nketi's leaving. You know Lacazette's leaving. Uh, Maitland-Niles is going to have one year left, I think. Bellerin, Chambers, or Chambers is going to actually Bellerin. Um, he's coming back uh, from his loan. Kolasinac um, is gone, but I think... You know, Pablo Mari is coming back from his loan and stuff like that. So there's lots of business that we need to get done 
So I would like them if they, if this is the plan to you know they try to bring Vlahovic forward from their summer plans this and the other whatever. But if if they're trying to do a lot of business in summer, I personally would like them to be proactive in that window, get stuff wrapped so that you know regardless of where we're going to finish, you know you know that you know we're going to have a squad with at least these guys because I don't want to, I don't want us to come um, into another season next year and start. Um, giving the other teams a massive head start again by just writing off games because we didn't get our business done. Like if we had Ramsdale, Tomiyasu um, available from the first game, uh, uh, maybe we maybe we don't lose to Brentford. Do you get what I mean? Maybe we don't throw three points. I don't away. think we do. I don't um, think we do. You know, um, and, and 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 so 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 yeah, I'd like them to go into the season prepared. The the, the one thing I would say right is, and I think. Over um, the last few months, I think we've been very complimentary about Arsenal's business in the summer. But I think what this window showed me was that we skirted over the Locatelli chase a little bit. I think I think we we didn't get onto the club enough for that, and they did exactly the same thing with Lavic. And and just to your point, Dan, about um, you know getting business done early, I don't trust this club right to identify targets who actually want to come and and what's to stop us being being strung along for the for the for the whole window like we have done for the last two windows Locatelli Vlavic exactly the same um exactly the same situation exactly the same outcome right we're 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 fighting two for now going right to the end of the window and on both occasions we didn't sign anyone yeah, we didn't sign anyone. We got into the season with Xhaka and Partey as our two centre midfield options with Lacongo as the third. And and now we've got Lacazette and Enketia as our striking options. You know, so I worried. I can't lie to you. If that is the plan, I don't... And Marcinelli, sorry. Sorry? And Marcinelli. Like, Marcinelli is not, up, he's not playing up front, though. Like, this is the thing. But I'm just worried that... Um, I'm just worried that uh, we we don't have the know the, the know how to get these tra- like it's all right getting transfers like Ben White done. You've paid fifty million. No one's gonna match you for fifty million on Ben White. Tomiyasu didn't seem to be too much competition with with him. He was it, it, that was on deadline day. No one else seemed to want him. We took the punt. Lakonga, no one else linked with him. Uh, Ramsdale, no one was gonna pay twenty eight or thirty million for Ramsdale. Those those transfers are fine. If you've got targets that no one else wants, fine, get them done. But it's the t- it's these duels that we're getting yeah, into with other compete. clubs, yeah. and we've got to go and compete. Yeah. We're not, we're coming out second best every time. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. and and yeah, I, I I think you're spot on. Look, the bottom line is that clubs, yeah, no club's gonna tell us their targets and tell us these are the play X, Y, and Z is who they're in for. Definitely, blah blah blah. I don't think Arsenal will do that anyway. I think, you know, we as fans kind of demand it. Um, you know, we want to know everything, don't we? But I think what, and we can't, but I think what we do need is to have a bit of transparency, a bit of clarity about our transfer strategy because the the the, the actions are not correlating with words, the sound bites. So, um, Kel Arteta comes out at the start of January and says, you know, we need to strengthen, we need bodies in, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Fine, you could say Eddie made attempts, but the attempts were feeble. He tried to sign the indication and the evidence is that they tried to sign the central midfielder on loan, yeah, in Arta. 
weren't successful, didn't have a plan B, didn't source a contingency, yeah, for which I think there were options and different solutions, yeah. I think there's a short-term solution which can be struck all the time for different types of players, maybe a player who's out of favour at a club, blah, 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 yeah. And similarly with a striker, I think we heard about Vlavic being on our radar all this time, um, you know, pursued him for such a long time, spent too much resource, I think, allocated too much resource to trying to secure his signature in January. That didn't work. And when that worked again, it felt like we were lost and scrambling. So the indications there and the actions suggest that we were after two players, yeah, because we needed to strengthen in two areas. Yet we come away with with nothing. So I think the strategy for me is not very clear. And then again, the strategy in terms of offloading players for me is one that has been horrendous at Arsenal Football Club. It's poor asset management. I know we're not going to touch on Oba right now. I don't want to get into that. But this constantly allowing players, like we're eroding the value of players. And so um, allowing them to leave basically for next to nothing, which then hampers us. It handbrakes us. It restricts us in other areas, basically. we I think... Um, you know, fine, we've been able to rely on the backing from the Cronkays a lot for finance, yeah, fine. But there are things that we could also be doing, yeah, to kind of balance our books as other clubs do, yeah. Chelsea's will go and sign like a Tomori for like £30 million, pounds, do you know what I mean, or however much he went for. And then they've got £30 million in the bank, do you know what I mean? So if that needs to go back to the owners, it does. If that needs to be reinvested or pay for part of a, a player's transfer or go to their wage, then it can we're letting Chambers go for undisclosed fees of less than £2 million when we could have activated his, um, you know, we could have triggered an extension, yeah, and and, and and potentially got more for him. We're paying Oba to leave. Everyone's talking about £25 million saves. I'm talking about the seven mil we spent, yeah, to pay him to leave. Do you know what I mean? We had to pay Collar to leave to terminate his contract. We're allowing Guendouzi to go for £11 million at the end of this deal. Um, I don't think we're going to be able to extract max value from Terreira because we couldn't um, get the 15 mil as part of the part exchange for the Vlavic deal. When Terreira comes back in the summer, what's his valuation going to be? You know what I mean? So we're not managing our assets. We need clarity. And I think we're old clarity in terms of the transfer strategy. Don't tell us the targets, fine. Go after who you need to go after. But be mm -hmm. clear with us about what your approach is because we're seeing you lot chase guys for way too long and it doesn't backfire. And it's exactly what you touched on, Lou, when you go back to the Locatelli business in the summer. Um, the ben, I know Ben White was a bit different. He was away with the Euros. Negotiations had to start and then stop, but that dragged on for such a long time. Like, is it Edu doing every aspect of every deal day by day? And if so, that needs to be looked at as well because there, there, there is something about Either his level of experience or inexperience. He's, he's just shit, isn't he? He's just shit. He's just shit. I think he's just shit. Like, he's yeah. clearly incompetent. Yeah, like, the even the stuff like the Partey deal. Like, you've you've waited all summer to try and get him for less than a release clause. Yeah. And then, and then on the deadline that you played a release clause anyway. Yeah. You our, played, like, three games by then. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> our, our deal. Like, Couldn't join like, pre-season. Our business, yeah. Which, 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 in fact, like Partey not having a preseason last year with us probably exactly. significantly hurt us in the long run as well because he kept picking up injuries and stuff like that. Like these things have like on lasting effects, and I feel like he's done he done the same um, this window. Chase Locatelli right to the 
you know, the I can't remember when Locatelli signed for Juve, but I think it was pretty late in the window, wasn't it? Chased him, chased him, chased him, you know, and then nothing. Well, we le- we left we left with with nobody. Ainsley Maitland Niles and Lokonga as our third and fourth choice options, and now El Nenny still at the club. Like it's and then and now we, we we're left short again because we've decided to chase a player who probably had no intention of joining us. I think if we're going to be real with ourselves, like uh, Jess, I don't know what you think about the whole Vlavic um, episode where you, uh, do you feel like Edu wasted too much resources on, on that? Yeah. I mean, only thing I can say is that it was very clear from the beginning that he didn't prefer a move to Arsenal. I think all the reports coming out said that he doesn't want to come to Arsenal. Okay. Um, so to me, it looks as if Edu knew something that we don't know because he just kept on pursuing, kept on pursuing, kept on pursuing. It's as if he was sure he was going to sign. So, um, that one there really upset me because, um, just from a fan's perspective, I was, I was aware the guy didn't want to come to Arsenal. So I was sure the fact that, that Edu keeps going for him, he must know something we don't know. Like maybe they've had private words. Maybe they've spoken. You would have thought so, right? I mean, I'm just, again, guys, just rationalising, okay? Um, I think since early, before the transfer window, maybe as, as early as December, they were chasing um, Lavish, and it was clear that um, it would take something monumentous for him to come. I think it was, there were talks of Torreira plus 50 mil or something like that. I was just upset that they didn't highlight another alternative. Um, mm. But, um, yeah. again, maybe they're looking towards summer. Maybe they've been stung in the past with the likes of Pepe, um, uh, with Lacazette, who was also big money when he came and hasn't lived up to it. I don't think he's got double figures in more than like three seasons, um, or even two seasons, I'm not sure. So um, maybe they're a bit weary about spending big money in a panic. So maybe they didn't use this time uh, and uh, identify targets for the summer and get them done nice and early. Again, guys, I'm only trying to rationalise What's going through their minds? I'm not saying I'm happy. I'm not saying I like it. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just trying to make sense of this madness. Mm. Do you, I've got a question here. So, like, I was just thinking about the whole because you know, as um, Jeff said earlier, when they said they didn't want to, they didn't see Isak's release clause as value for money. Yeah, but like, do you, do you guys think that there was um, that they've been talking to Sociedad about potentially dropping that before? The window came open because from my perspective right i think all the reporting around the vlahovic thing was that he wanted juve yeah like everything that 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 was reported from italy was that this guy wasn't picking up the phone and it's been like that for months that wasn't just like um a new thing that came out in the last week so when he ended up going to juventus i'm pretty sure no one could be surprised by that yeah so it's like for me it then seemed that they they didn't really prepare for that eventuality to me. Um, and it's like, you know, in the summer, maybe when they were, you know, AFC Bell was doing that whole Madison is the first choice versus Erdegaard being, uh, you know, what Fabrizio and everyone else was saying. I feel like we weren't really getting that same talk this time around where, um, you know, like, and you would expect it that if these men are being so difficult to try and bring them to the table, you start talking about other strikers you know, feeding the media stories about other strikers that you're interested in 
so that maybe they'll come to the table as like a negotiating tactic. But we didn't get any of that. It was all Vlahovic, 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 right? So like to me, to me, it seems that they, they, they weren't really prepared to do anything um, other than Vlahovic this month. But that's that's exactly what I'm, I I mean when I say a lack of clarity over the transfer strategy because that can't be your strategy. If if your job is recruitment, yeah, and your attempts and your remit basically is to uh, recruit in two positions, and you only attempt to recruit two players, one each for the position. That is absolutely ludicrous. It's, 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 it's absolutely preposterous. And then I don't think I don't think there are indicators that suggest that. And fine, again, like we don't know absolutely everything. I think you know we there maybe uh, have been backdoor conversations or whatnot. I just don't believe that we made genuine inquiries with um, Isak to sign him in this window. I think he's a target for Arsenal. Absolutely. I think one that they're probably looking at in the summer. And I also understand it because the bottom line is that this is a player that I personally like, like a great deal. I think, you know, he he fits in with us and would fulfil a need for us. I think, you know, he's got a bit of an X factor about him. But he hasn't scored a lot of goals this season. Um, you know, there are different arguments for why that may be. He's he He's going to cost a lot of money and it may well be a risk. So we don't know. We don't we. We just don't know. So I could understand why they wouldn't want to part ways with 75 million euros or however however much it was, 75 million pounds or 90 million euros, whatever it was. But I can understand that. There's a part of me that gets that. I think if you um, go in for him potentially in the summer and you're not acting from a place of desperation, I think it's easier to negotiate a deal for him. Um, you know, you're still going to have to pay the belly for him, but you don't necessarily have to meet the release clause. Um, to acquire him, I don't believe. And I think we've spoken about Sociedad. And I think the highest fee that they've received for a player to date has been Griezmann. Um, you know, I think which was like 40-something mil, 48 million it might have been um, when he first that's, moved. That's to, higher than our highest um, transfer received, which is only 40. Yeah. So I, I, I think, you know, they'd be looking at like, you know, uh, 60 mil, 65 mil. I, I don't think it will be far off from what that release clause currently is, but I also don't think we'd need to um, pay as much. I also think Arsenal would have the benefit of uh, working out and negotiating some sort of payment structure because I don't believe that they're um, shelling down all of that money. And I think that's what it's about and that's what it comes down to really for him. I think he's a definitely an attainable player. I think it's about the conditions and the structure around how you make the payment for that player to complete on the deal. But remember, in the summer, he'll have a year less on his contract as well. So that's 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 also a factor in Arsenal's favour, somewhat. So, so, um, so go on, Jeff. Uh, guys, there might also be good value in signing players in um in the summer as opposed to winter, and not just monetary value. Uh, you guys mentioned earlier how um, us signing Partey three games into the season and him not getting a free season probably hampered him and aided to all those injuries. So perhaps Arsenal are thinking, maybe again, guys, just trying to rationalise, maybe Arsenal are thinking, you know what, we believe we have enough in our squad to see us through the end of the season and get, you, and get European football. OK, let's do that. And then in the summer, bring a player in nice and early give them a full pre-season with the squad and hit the ground running. So that could be part of the reason why they didn't seem so keen or so 
adamant on getting players in this window. Like you said, they had a target for midfield, which was um, Arta. Um, and then they had seen that like, one target up front, which is Bahalovic. So perhaps they were saying, we're going for these players. And if we can't get these players, we'd rather wait till the summertime, get players in then, give them a full pre-season and hit the ground running for 2022-23. What are your thoughts, guys? So I, I, I think that just bringing it full circle back down to Dan's point as well. Um, I don't really have a huge issue with a, the club deeming a player not worth the money and not executing. And my thing is more of like, I don't want us to spend unnecessary time on players who don't want to join us. If you've only got one target, yeah, I don't, I don't really have a problem with that, especially in January, because in January we already know how hard the market is, right? If you've got one target and you don't really want to, and, and especially with someone like Isaac, who might be a summer target as well, and you're like, he is the guy we want, and um, but, but maybe we think we can get better value for money in the summer or whatever. I wouldn't want the club to, um, I wouldn't want the club to sacrifice, you know, going for maybe someone who that they deem is is worse quality or. Like we've seen Arsenal before make some sh- shocking off the cuff signings, right? And spend needless amounts of money on shit. So I've got some sympathy for them in that regard that they had their target. That's who they wanted. They couldn't get him. So they didn't, they didn't like panic and think, oh shit, let's go and buy Park Chu Young from fucking. Uh, wherever you know, I, I've got, I've got some, you know, I, 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 I've got some respect for them, for them not to do it because that's the that's the way Arsenal would have been run ten years ago, five maybe five to ten years ago. Is that's the exact kind of thing that we would have done? So and, and you know, you spoke about buying people like Pedro, Pablo, Marie, Cedric, like this was something we were doing just three four years ago. So I I. I if they've got an idea in the head of squad building and this is the way they want to go about it, then cool. Just make sure you execute and yeah. don't faff yeah. around. Don't faff around with players who do not want to come to you. Yeah. Don't. I don't want to see no Locatelli and and Vlavic situation in the summer. I if I'll lose my head if yeah. if we are linked to another <laughs> Italian-based player who wants to go to Juventus. Right? It's I will minutes, lose so. my head. Because it's pointless. It's pointless. Yeah. You know? I, 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 I hear you. I agree with you. Um, for me, the thing is, and it kind of comes back to what um, what you said earlier, Dan, as well, but it's one thing if we couldn't allow... It's one thing if like we didn't want to um, panic by. Yeah? <laughs> one thing if we didn't want to panic by and we didn't want to go out and... Um, just kind of splash cash on something that's not going to work. I think we've all seen how that has worked for us and it hasn't worked well at all. Um, it's one thing if we couldn't get players in. I think what I'm most curious about is the decision to allow so many players to leave because it leaves us extremely thin on the ground. And it's things like... Um, the, the 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 sales fine you know what the sales chambers fine like i'm not i'm not i'm not bothered about it. it's about the loans it's about the loan signing or allowing balogun for example to go on loan 
um, Ainsley Maitland-Niles to go on loan when actually these are areas of the Ainsley, for example, is a player who um, offers so much variety for us in terms of the number of positions that he can play for us on the pitch and knowing actually that it's going to leave us light on the ground. I think that decision um, to allow him to leave on loan for, is an example of one that I'm quite dubious about. The bottom line is that when these things happen, yeah, we default to panic, we default to anger, we default to frustration. Like that becomes our default position as a fan base, yeah. When actually none of us know at this moment in time whether these are good decisions or bad decisions. Yeah, we're speculating and we're projecting. Yeah. If the club is still able to kind of push on and we're able to see some positives between now and the end of the season, finishing Europe finishing the Champions League's uh, qualification spaces by some, by, you know, by some, by some miracle or extremely good fortune, uh, there'll be a lot of revisionism. There'll be a lot of people saying, actually, maybe I was, maybe I was hasty. Maybe I rushed, maybe I jumped um, to a conclusion too quick. I don't know. I don't know what the plans are. I'm critical about like not being able to bring in some short-term solutions and some temporary fixes. Cause I think even if you don't panic by there are still some solutions which could have been achieved had we been active and on job earlier in the transfer window. For example, bringing a player in on loan, bringing a better quality player in on loan. I think that could have been done. But ultimately, the decision to um, whether this was a good decision or not, I think it remains to be to be seen. Really, yeah, it'll, it'll mm. be it'll be seen when where if we do or don't make top four, right? But um, uh, guys, I mean, yep. Sorry. A lot of the talk has been on Edu, 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 Edu. Uh, what part has Arteta got to play in this? The reason why I'm asking is because I saw an interesting tweet earlier on saying that what Arteta is doing is trying to build a squad full of um, players as opposed to having one big player, such as Aubameyang. Um, he's trying to have a squad full of players all working towards the same goal. So how much of our current situation is down to Arteta as opposed to just Edu? I think, I think um, where where I put blame on Arteta or where I put responsibility on him rather than blame, um, to be kinder, is I personally think that he has prevented us from getting fees for certain players um, and moving on from certain players um, at various different points, right? So um, I think with Nketia, Maitland-Niles, especially those two, um, we could they could have been gone, I think, 18 months ago for yeah. good money. Um, because I think Arteta he sort of he sort of tried to protect himself against the worst, right? Which we we he seems to have you know finally let go of doing this, um, which probably comes with experience. I think last last uh January, Martinelli was just coming back and Ketty was set to to go on loan or be sold. Um, and and I think Martinelli tweaked his back or something like that, and then uh, we weren't sure how long he was going to be out for. And then he said, "No, Enketia staying." And then basically, I think Enketia appeared, you know, what twice for the rest of last season um, when Palace were very much interested in him, and I think West Ham were very much interested in him last January. And I think what that what preventing Enketia from leaving, I think he then put all the power in Enketia's hands, so that in summer he's thinking, well. You know, do I leave now? Um, and you know, he almost went to Crystal Palace, but I think he rejected them on personal terms, right? Um, because he's like, Well, if I stay for another year, I'm gonna get the bag, you know, on a free. Where, whereas Dan, if you do, 
maybe Arteta didn't want to let them go because he was worried that Edu couldn't do his job and bring in reinforcements. Well, I'm saying I don't think we needed reinforcements for um, Enketia and Maitland Niles because how much have they really played under Arteta? No, I, you know I, I agree. I, and I, and even had we not, even even if Ainsley Maitland Niles was still here, right? I don't think he's playing. I really don't yeah. think he's playing. I think I think wasn't um what was the was it the Euro no what what not Europa League sorry but wasn't Patino making the squad ahead of Mainz and Maitland Niles? Yeah, I think I think that happened a couple times. It did happen a couple times. Ainsley yeah. Maitland Niles, irregardless, he Arteta has wanted him gone. There's something that's happened there. I don't know what, but Ainsley Maitland Niles was never going to kick a ball again this season. That's why they let him go so early. They knew even they could have the worst centre midfield crisis in the league in the world, right? They could have all their centre midfielders out. I don't think Ainsley Maitland Niles plays. I think they had just agreed to let him go. Cut the um, you know. Go, they had fallen out or something like that. Go play your football elsewhere. We don't want you here. And that was that. And I think the same thing with Aubameyang. All these players that they've let go, I just think they've looked at it and thought, you ain't playing again this season. Fuck off. You know? I've, like, actually, I've actually got a list of all the Arsenal departures from this season. And <clears throat> there's only one player that actually starts, really. So, Joe Willick is gone. He wasn't really a starter. torreya has gone on loan. Maitland Niles, Kalachinach, Chambers, Aubameyang, Willayang, Gundozi, Bellerin, Ranison, the goalkeeper, Reese Nelson, Saliba, Mary, and David Luiz. I mean, none of those people actually start. So fair enough, we've had a lot of departures, but these players are really, with the exception of Aubameyang, squad players. So is it such a, a bad thing? They weren't going to play anywhere. So no, my, been... my, my issue isn't my issue isn't getting rid of players though. Is I think that some of those players and a lot of those players should have gone much earlier than than now. Um, and that would have allowed us to sort of accelerate much of this rebuild, you know? Um, so I, 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 I know January is a difficult, a difficult month, but if you're getting 20 million in, you know, uh, for one of these players in previous years, maybe you can go out and, and, and splash a bit and overspend, um, in January without it hurting so much because I think I saw a tweet, you know, there's, there's almost like 100 million plus in fees that we've missed out on from actual bids. So not even hypothetical values that, you know, are oh, Nelson could go for 10 and Keta could go for 15 that people do when we're, we're just sort of, um, you know, speculating. These are This is actual bids for money that we've had for a lot of these players that we've said, no, we're going to keep them. Like, I think the Maitland-Niles one is probably almost one of the worst because that was we signed Cedric when we already had Bellerin um, yeah. and made an was firmly just a right back at that point. He hadn't played centre mid. So you're rejecting peas. And I think at the time Good people were like, as well. yeah, it was an yeah, just people, pulled up for England. Just pulled up and people were like, nah, fine, that's that's low. Keep him. But then if you keep him and you sign Cedric, you have to sell Bellerin. And I think mm. we had an offer for Bellerin that same window that we rejected as well. So you know was it's it the like, window before. No, I think it was the same one where PSG oh. asked for to loan him uh, with an mm. optional obligation for 25 million. And we said no. So it's like you've had bids for two of your right backs, you're rejecting both of them, and, and now you've got three right backs, you know. So it's like you're 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 That's sort of more like, four like, with chambers, you know, like <laughs> cutting off your, your nose to bite your face kind of thing. Because now Bellerin has got a year left, Maitland Niles has got a year left, Chambers we've had to let go for you know what two million pounds. 
or whatever it is. And Cedric is still here. I don't know. We've like what three years left on his deal. I don't know how well, long he's, he's never going, there. is he? No you one's know, he's never, he's never leaving. Man. So, no. you know, I think, I think, I think that is where, um, and it probably is inexperienced with Arteta. Um, because I think if you're new in a manager's job, in, a, in this manager's job, he has to keep his job, you know, and he doesn't want, you know, something like injuries or that kind of thing mm. to, to cost him. But I think it's costing the club. Um, and that's where you want someone like an Edu, who's also pretty inexperienced himself, to step in and say, no, right, you can't keep Nketia if he's only going to play you know, 200 minutes this season, mm. which I feel like they've done this January. So I'm not, I'm not upset. I don't, I don't have an issue with any of the outgoings that have, that have happened. I think the only one that I'll question is how early we let Maitland-Niles go. But as you said, Lewis, he's probably not going to play. And I think Shab said that in the group as well. But for me, I think Maitland-Niles could have gone the moment that Burnley match finished mm. and everyone would have been happy and we probably wouldn't have, you know, uh, potentially had such a bad January if he was available and fit to play Um in some of those games, you know, that that is speculating and, and, and hypothesizing. But you know, I think when he's played this season, he's done he's done okay uh, in centre mid, and I think he would have would have done yeah. a job. So um, that's the only one that I'd question. And then even if you did let him go, that's fine. Let him go and, and play because Jack and Party came back. So yeah, mm. I, I I just think that's the it, that's the only question mark I have. But the rest of them, yeah, let them go, let them go. That's fine. They're not going to play. Yeah. No so so. Let's let's move the discussion on a little bit because we spoke a lot about you know the lack of incomings and the the, the a lot of outgoings. Um, let's focus on one particular outgoing, which is obviously the big one. Um, so <coughs> I think I think I don't know about you guys. Actually, let me just speak for myself. I f I think um, as soon as this ish happened with Abamyang, I never thought he would play again for us. I thought we had seen his last game in a shirt for Aubameyang. So this um, this news that he has left this window to go to Barcelona doesn't surprise me at all because um, I think there's one thing that we've learned about Arteta now is that he's very... Whatever adjective you want to use to call him, um, he's very stern about what he wants and if you don't fall into that, He's quite happy to show you the door. Um, so, yeah. I, I, and it goes back to what Jess was saying a, a, a little bit about, you know, Arteta wants this ethos of not having like a, maybe not having like that star name. But I'm not, I'm not too sure I fully agree with that because, you know, signing someone like Vlavic for 70 million and putting him on 250 grand, 300 grand a week just creates another Aubameyang anyway. So I'm not sure that is the case and I'm not sure that is what Arteta is trying to build but um I personally wasn't surprised to see Aubameyang leave um were any was was anyone surprised Jess Shabs Dan no I wasn't surprised I wasn't surprised I think the only thing that surprised me was the lack of fee and I think one of you guys mentioned that we paid him we had to pay him to go seven million um it's just this whole thing of just not getting money for players. I mean, our, our biggest outward transfer was, I think, um, Chamberlain. And then I think it's a Wobby. Like, we just don't earn money. So, I mean, he had to go. I think that um, Arteta's of the belief that one bad apple will ruin the bunch. So, we'd rather get him out for the good of the squad. 
but at least make it good for the bank balance as well. And that's my issue. Um, there's been a lot of talk about Arsenal saving between 27 and 20 million, 29 million pounds over the next 18 months of his contract. Uh, I'll be honest, as an Arsenal fan, not once have I thought how much money Arsenal will save and had, has never had any impact on my support for the club. It's not why I care about. So um, the more tweets and Instagram posts I see about this, the, the angrier I get because it's not something... It's not. Anything. It matters though, Jess. Jess, it matters because the thing is, your support <laughs> of the football club, it, imp- it directly impacts what you have to cheer for. Because um, the thing is, if you... If, if, for example, we are continually making bad financial decisions like we have done, it impacts the football on a pitch. And therefore, you have to come on shows like Touchy Gooners and be upset because the club are doing stupid decisions. So it You're matters. It all matters. Saving money matters because I, it, it enables us to do better things on the football pitch. Whether, we, right. whether it was a bad decision or not, I don't know. We'll live to, we'll, we'll, You're we'll actually see. right, Lewis. Um, what I'd have liked here, yeah, if they had said... Arsenal have now saved £29 million and also made £10 million on his transfer. I mean, that would have been even better, but why has he gone for free? You have a club that don't want you and someone that wants to leave. So why not get some kind of money in? That's the thing that Because no sod, no sod wants him. Nobody wants a Bamiyang on 350 grand a week. Nobody. But he's accepted £100,000 a week to go to Barcelona, if that is true, Right. No sod wants a Bamiang. He scored, what, two goals this season, coming off the back of a shocking season last season. He's finished. He's finished. No one is going to pay money for Bamiang. This is is emotion speaking, man. I don't... don't What's emotional about? Who wants him? I think... I think... I think... I think it... Am I impacted? No, it depends on the player as well, though, right? So, like, um, we had that Arabic club bid for him. Right, and they were going to pay us. They were going to pay yeah. us some money. But you don't want to go um, there and, and matches and matches wages. Yeah, but Abamyang, um, which I find interesting because you know, obviously, a lot of people said that um, he's finished the contract, lost motivation, this that, and the other. Um, but um, he's obviously chosen to take a pay cut to to leave. But, but he's not taking um, a pay cut, has he? Because we've paid well, him the seven million, and what I will think... happen is next year he will get. His wage he, he, increase. Not, yeah, I don't. I don't think they're gonna pay. I don't think they're gonna match um, what he's gonna get after June. No, they can't basically. match. They can't. No, yeah, they, they can't. won't. Um, he'll he'll probably look, so, be, so he be on like. Yeah, he'll probably so be on like two hundred k a week. Pay cut. Or whatever. Dan's, yeah. Dan's yeah. right. But he's, he's, taking, he's, he's taking a pay cut, um, and he's he's chosen not to cash out and go to Al Hilal, right? Um, in in Saudi. So you know, I don't, I, I I personally think. You know, we have to call this for what it is, is that he was underperforming 100%. And that's why the club have decided they don't want to pay him his wage anymore. Um, and, and they got rid of him. And the same thing with Ozil. Like they, for me, I think if both of them were, were performing at their, the top of their powers, they, would, they wouldn't they would be, you know, um, at different clubs right now. You know, so like regardless of all this disciplinary stuff that the club is putting forward um, and is saying is the reason, I think we all need to just admit that it's because he was underperforming on the pitch. Because if Abamyang was scoring at the rate that he was scoring at when Arteta Shut first up, came, mate, as much as you want, mate. Honestly, he could do whatever the fuck he likes. You know, so <laughs> um, he's been I, shit. He's been I shit wanna, for a year and yeah. a half. So he's been yeah. So he's been poor. <laughs> he's been poor. And the club said, well, if you're playing like this, 
and you're, you're doing this, and, and I think they sort of gave Aubameyang the rope to hang himself with, and, and he sort of he sort of gave them an out he as far as it. I'm concerned, um, and and he fell for it hook line and sinker. So you know, yeah. um, so that's that's what it is. I just think we need to call a spade a spade, um, and you know, the club, because for me personally, I've never heard of someone getting, you know, ousted from the group because of turning up late repeatedly. I just I've never heard of anything like that before in my life. Um, so I think you know we have to just call it for what it is. I still, I, yeah, go, go on. I know Jess wants to speak, but I do want to come back. I was going to say, it. guys, um, it's, it's important for us to remember Pierre Emigabamiang for what he was. Okay, let's take away these last six months and last season that was 18. Stronger. 18. Yeah, I did that at the end. Um, like when he was playing football and motivated before the contract. He was a valuable, valuable member of the squad. So I just think we need to just try and remember him for what he was um, and not let this... Because I, I genuinely believe Arteta killed him. I could be wrong, guys. I'm often very wrong. Um, when Arteta came in, Aubameyang was playing off the left and was working to begin with. All over the top. I completely agree we, with you. We all hated it, though, didn't we? No. We all hated no, it, but he was scoring goals. We yeah, all hated it. We were all like, play him up front. He could score goals from the left wing. So play him up front. Saying. Imagine how many goals no. he'd score up front. No, I think... That was the argument. That was the argument at the yeah. time. But um, yeah. what I'm saying is that I think Arteta, I might be wrong, guys. Like I said, these are just my opinions. Um, when teams um, clocked Aubameyang's game, you know, born the left cut in and, and, and try and put it up corner, that's when it died for him. And I think Arteta is partly to blame. So... um he is partly to blame, but he didn't kill Aubameyang. Aubameyang I mean, is I, just finished. I, for, for we me. made a very bad decision, and I was for it at the time. I, I was for it. I said, I give think... him the contract because we need him. But I it was, a, it was wrong, a massive though. risk at the time because Man, we didn't dude. know. We didn't know how he would, how he would fare in the long nah. run. We made I the wrong think, decision. I don't think anyone is wrong for being happy at the time. Of renewal, we did not want to lose. Yeah, what was our best player? He absolutely mm. dragged us. Yeah, this horrendous Arsenal side. Yeah, to an FA Cup final. Yeah, we probably had no right to really win anything that season. You got us some some silverware in recent history. Yeah, for me, I do think what Jess is saying is 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 important, and I agree with you, Jess. Like you know, rare sighting. Me and you getting along, but Oba scored. Was it 92 goals in 183 yeah. appearances for us? Yeah. 163. 163. 163. Oh, it's, it's even stupid, better. Stupid numbers. That's a it's goal. Very good. That, that's, that's a goal. That's like 0.6. He's two and three. He's two and three. Yeah. He's two and three. Which is per, what you want from per, your striker. Yeah. Per game. <laughs> that is absolutely fantastic. Playing for a team that doesn't create. Caveat that. And, and caveat with 18 that. months of really bad form as well. Exactly. Caveat that he's <coughs> been one of the worst Arsenal teams in history. His period in the team coincides with some of the worst personnel that we have had. Yeah. Um, our most turbulent time on the pitch. Yeah. Um, all types of nonsense is going on. Yeah. And he's he's been sturdy, really. And the only semblance of hope. I don't think any of us are wrong wanting him to sign the contract at the time I understand the difference of opinion and I understand the people who were cautious and sceptical about it and I was sceptical about it because we, we, everyone knew there is a potential to end up like this 
the bottom line, he signed the contract. We were all delighted. Um, I put it on Arteta for what happens after because Arteta then didn't his idea of 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 putting this top class finisher in a thriving environment was to surround him with players like Willian and a non-firing Pepe. Yeah, that's unacceptable. That is unacceptable. If Oba lost motivation somewhere along the way, can you blame him? I can't. No. I this guy was getting chances, yeah. He was getting like one chance a game. I've spoken about this on the pod before, saying that oh, people were criticizing him for missing chances, and he did, especially this season, especially last season. He missed some chances. The reality was that he's getting like one big chance a game. We're all hanging on those misses because that's the one moment that he had to kind of make a difference in games where we're having no shots on goal and creating no chances. Where you get players like um, Salah, all the other top strikers, they miss chance upon chance. The difference is we don't remember the chances that they miss and they're not as crucial for the team because the teams are creating shitloads more chances. Those players are scoring loads more goals and the team are winning games. So mm. for me, and, and the bigger thing for me, but my biggest issue is the way that we continue to allow our best players to leave the club. It's always under a cloud of, of just bullshit and we're not for these reasons, like it leaves a bad taste in the mouth for us and for the players, and those players are not celebrated. And I think what they have done for us is often overlooked. And I think the bottom line is that he's carried us in a lot of situations. He scored a shitload of goals for us. He set a good example for me for way longer than there was any talk or concern about um, him being a bad influence or negative role model. And I think we all saw the impact he had on big sections of our fans. We all saw the impact he had on younger members of our squads. Saka, I think players like Saka, Martinelli, them absolutely love him, look up to him, and whatnot. So I, I, I refuse to buy this um, bad influence stuff. I think it's good that he's gone now, so we can kind of end this chapter. But I think that we also have blood on our hands in terms of the way that we deal, not just with him, but with our biggest names and some of our biggest players. And I think it's unacceptable because if I'm a big name. I'm also looking at Arsenal thinking, I don't know if I want to go over there. Look how they treat their young players like Saliba and Guendouzi and then look how they treat their big names. Like, if Oba can score that much goals for them and whatnot, um, and this is how they've done him, like, what chance do I have? Do you know what I mean? So, I don't know, man. I just think it paints a bad picture of us and our management of, 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 of players and our management of assets is poor. Dog shit. Mm. I'm, I'm, in, I'm in total... Agreement with Shabs, total agreement with Shabs. I, that's all I want to say. Um, again, that's twice in one stream that I've agreed with him. Probably be the last time. But, um, yeah, I, I, I just I, go on. Sorry, dude. No, I was just gonna say. I just, I, I the reason I think we made we made a mistake with Abamyang, right? Was we fell into a trap of thinking that it was always going to it was it was going to continue it was always going to he was always going to pull us out of a mess and i don't think we should now that i look back and it's easy to look back in hindsight but you you give people contracts right in order to like when you hire someone for a role and you give them a contract you are giving them a contract because you expect them to perform to a certain level right mm. for the duration of their contract and you reward them with money to the level that you expect the job to be done to. And we were not given Aubameyang 
a three year contract or whatever it was, it three or four, three year or four year three contract. Years, I can't yeah, remember. Three year contract. We were not giving Abamyang a three year contract, expecting him to perform at the same level we had done for the previous three years for the next three years. If we were, we're, sh we're thick as shit because, you know, that was never going to happen. He was going to be 36 come the end of his contract. He was never going to be the same player. You should never, ever, ever, ever. And I think that's a lesson that the club needs to have. We as fans need to have as well. We should not reward. We should not give players contracts just because, you know, they've, they've had a great season and, you know, they carried us. It needs to be about what they're going to produce in the future. And the if you're going to pay though, someone 300, one sec, let me finish. If they, if you're going to pay someone 350k a week, right? They need to be able to. You need to have complete confidence that they're going to replicate that form over the next three years of that. that it's so hard to predict, though, Lewis. That's the but, that's the only. No, it's not. Do you know why it's not? Do you know why it's not hard to predict? Because Aubameyang was 32, 33 when we gave him the deal. No, That's he not was, hard to predict. He was 30. He was 30. Yeah. He's well, 32 now. He's 32 yeah. now. He's 32 oh, he's now. All right. Yeah. All right. Okay. So the thing is, the thing is, right, is um, <coughs> I, I, I completely get what Lewis is saying. And I just think we've done this in the past um, with, I think, not just with contracts, but just with signings as well. And I think we don't necessarily create an environment so where you want them to succeed. So I think when you sign someone for 350k, they are now the star of your attack. Yeah. And your plan is to get this person into positions where they're going to thrive. Right. And I think Aubameyang, he, he probably has played the best football he's ever played prior to that contract um, because he was playing for a contract. Right. And if you go back to every other season, you have to, he's basically a guy you have to create chances for um, to bag. Right, and I think that's probably where that's six months after we signed the contract. I think that's where we lost him, you know, because that was when we were completely abysmal. You know, um, we had no, there was all this talk, no number 10, Urzel ostracized every single week. It was we need Urzel back in the team because we're not creating chances, we're like bottom of the league and big chances, bottom of the league and chances created, all of this stuff. The stats were not looking good, and I think in that time, that's when you lost our uh, 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 the best of Bamiyan. Right, and that's when confidence drops. That's when you people start questioning. You know, is this guy? Um, is he finished? Is he still got it? This that, and the other. And I think if you go into that season with a team, um, maybe if you go into that season with the, the team that we have this this year, uh, with with the likes of an Erdegaard, with the likes of um, a Smith Rowe in there, with Saka playing the way that he is, uh, maybe you don't lose. Uh, Abamyang the same way that we did lose him, but you know I think I think that's that's a a, a problem that we've we've done before when we had Prime Özil when we had Prime Sanchez, you know go and get them a number nine that they can they can play off that was all the goals on the chance that they create, um, and we didn't do that and then we 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 felt the repercussions of of those decisions as well. So you know I think I am very very sad that is ending this way with Aubameyang mm. for me, because that is, I think he has been like a good servant to the club. Um, and he he was like a one shining light in a time when we were, we were pretty shit to be hundred percent. And it, um, it, it, it was, it felt nice having a player that you like, like when we used to have like Van Persie and, you know, or he go, going back, you know, obviously he's not as good as Henri and your Burkhardt. Sanchez, and stuff like that. Right, just game but, Yeah, your Sanchez game winners. It was good. It was nice having that that player on the pitch that you you could rely on to be like, do you know, don't yeah. worry, we're playing shit today. But 
Obba's gonna rescue. Obba might him. he might just pop up. Do you know what yeah. I mean? With something, and it something was, nice. It was nice. Oh, Obba scored again. And you know, I like I was Aubameyang's biggest fan. You know, and I was I was doing hella defense for him when he joined. You know, we had all the skeptics saying, "Oh, he's coming from the Bundesliga. Can't Bundesliga play against tax, low yeah, blocks." Man. Yeah, you can't play against low blocks. We had that all on the Touchdown Frackers pod when Aubameyang signed. People were predicting him to struggle. And you know what? He didn't struggle. He absolutely killed the Premier League in a shit team from the left wing, you know, and he, he did his thing, man. And and you know what, Jess, you are right. We should recognise how good a player he was for us. So I do want to, like, before we move on a little bit, I, I do want to get, like, everyone's favourite Aubameyang moment. And um, I think that would be quite fun to reminisce a little bit. Can, can, can we go? Can we go further than Arzu? Can we go further? Can, <laughs> can we get any better than that? I'm not going to lie. That four-two against Spurs um, was quality. When he when he when he done that first time finish um, from Ramsey's pass on the right, and he whipped it round um, whipped it round Larice. Yeah, because I was at I was at that game um, like behind the goal as well when that when that went in, and that was that was superb, man. Because you saw. You saw the curve on it, and the Emirates was proper rocking that day. So that was, yeah, that was a great highlight for me, man. He played sick that day. Mm. For me, it has Jesse. to be the FA Cup winning goal against Chelsea. Mm. Ah, yeah. who, who did he sit hey. down? Who, who sat down? Zuma. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That for me has to do it. Yeah, it's just, it's the same for me, man. Like, just took it off. I, I think. Is that moment? It's what it represents. It what it resulted in as well. Like for me, that was that might have been him at the pinnacle, you know, of his Arsenal career. And if we, if we, we go by the conversation that we've had here, you know, it kind of went down shortly after that anyway. So, like you know, I think, but I don't think it gets better than that. Scoring the goal in the FA Cup final to win it for us, you know, knowing that meaty side that we had, I've got I've got to have that there for me. Yeah, it's it's hard to look past that moment, right? I know there were other good moments. Like AJ Singh just said the the Oba hat trick against Valencia. I remember I remember that day because I was at football, I was coaching, I think, at the time, so I couldn't watch the game. And it was it was a game where you know I can't remember where we did we win the I can't remember did we win the first leg? I can't actually remember now. Yeah, but we, it was a game that I expected us to lose, where we two went up. But I remember thinking, yeah, yeah. oh, we're gonna go out tonight. I can see us having a really smelly night in Valencia. And I think we were like four one up or something, or I, I can't I can't remember the, the actual score. And I remember yeah. thinking, bloody hell. And then I saw the quality of the goals, you know, that hat trick was one of the best hat tricks I've seen from an Arsenal player. It really was outstanding you know it was up there with the best um Bro, so that's that's the one away game. game i've been to that we won yeah and i didn't well you to went to the valencia match. game did you yeah yeah i was there i was wow. there i didn't get to Amazing. watch the match yeah i yeah. was uh i was proper hooligan hooligan my ticket got seized because i was too i was too mash up so i didn't get to watch the <laughs> didn't get to watch the game in it so well you need to slow down myself. Yeah, myself. Yeah, you need to, you need to relax, you know. <coughs> know how you <coughs> Hundred percent, hundred percent. Um, is there anything else you guys would like to touch on? I've just seen an article from Mark Irwin from the Telegraph who says Arsenal are planning the biggest spending spree in their history with up to 180 million budgeted for summer signings. Arsenal want Isaac, Calvert Lewin, and Neves. 
Bro, I think I'll take Isaac and Neves. I'll take Isaac and Neves. I mean, that's, if, is that the biggest spending spree? Didn't we just come off a 200 M summer? We, did, we didn't spend 200 M. No, it was summer, 160, I think. Oh. Um, yeah. People keep saying 200 million this summer, but we never be, spent 200 million this summer. Be, before we get to summer, yeah, quickly, yeah, just quickly, because there is still this issue of having Lacazette up front. I just wanted to talk <laughs> really briefly because we. We haven't really. We yeah, so that was that games. was a question we got. That was a question we got on Twitter um, as well, Shab. Sorry to interrupt oh, okay. you. Yeah, but one of the questions was, um, let me just find out who it was from. I'll say that. At. But the question was, um, how many goals do we expect Laka to score in the next seventeen? So that's from Mister KG Yanfi. What's he got at the moment? Yes. Three. Yeah. Three. Well, including three including including one pen. I doubt he gets. I doubt he gets three more. Um, unless he has a really good he has game to West. surely he has to, a really good game against West Ham. Um, no, I my my uh, I mean, that's a good question. I don't know, I can't answer it because I've, I've got a vote of low confidence for Lacazette right now. But I suppose I was going to ask a question as well about internal solutions up front for Arsenal. So maybe you lot could just give your view on 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 my after. But I'm thinking about Pepe, Martinelli, and there's there's talk about ESR in the fourth nine. And I think as much no, as no, thank you. as much as we criticize Arteta, surely he hasn't oh like he must there must be something that he's thinking and planning in terms of an internal solution. Or do you not think nah he's just batshit crazy? Mm, I don't see the thing is, right? I don't we look around us, right? We've got Chelsea who are in third position right now can't don't have a striker who can score goals um who's their top goal scorer who's their top goal scoring striker lukaku what's he got five four i don't know how four much goals i think yeah four so goals. One, Him and kane. One, more, one more than lacazette we've got spurs we've got kane who hasn't been firing this season i expect kane to scroll a few more from now to the end of the season right yeah. i don't think it's like imperative that we have like I don't think we need Lacazette to score goals to get in the top four. I think I think we can get in the top four with with Lacazette scoring. My thing six, against seven. Lacazette is how much time everyone bigs him up for his, his link up play, uh, <coughs> up play. But it's the amount the amount of time of the amount of chances he misses, the amount of things that could have happened. But he's got a baggy first touch, can't hit mm. the target. It's, he does a lot more bad than good for me. And I think a player of just a little tiny bit more quality. Okay, I think if we had a Danny Ings instead of a Lacazette, we'll be a lot better off. That's how bad I feel about Lacazette. Mm. I, I I said I said that in summer. You know, I, I'm not going to lie. I thought and they cooked, I said that in summer. And they, tried, and they tried to cook Dan for it. Yeah, they, they did try to cook Man, me, but that doesn't mean I, we look, should sign Danny Ings, though. No, that, yeah, that yeah, wants no. us to sign Ivan no. Tony. <laughs> Uh, for 20 mil, Liz. For 20 mil, no, I take no, him. He's, he's, that, better, he's better than Lacazette. That, no, he's um, not better than Lacazette. But my thing my thing is with Lacazette, I, I think he needs to give us, what, 17 games? He needs to give us six goals. Um, I don't care how they how they come. I think he needs to give us six goals. He needs goals. to touch 10, man. Yeah. He needs to touch 10. That's embarrassing, like, bro. Because he he's actually to, played needs, like every game, basically, as well. Bro, like, it's, it's nuts. Yeah? He needs to be at least one in three. <laughs> like, at least one in three. Um, for the rest of the season, there's one game a week. I don't like he's got no excuse to be blowing, he needs to be giving, putting everything on the line to get on the end of chances. Um, so he needs to give us at least six six goals. I think seven would be nice. 
um, including a couple of pens or something like that. Yeah. But, but yeah, I, I think in terms of internal solutions, I'm not too sure I, that the, ones, the options that we have Pepe. are good enough. I wouldn't mind seeing Pepe up front. I'd like no, to see I, it in a game. I, I called for this a little while ago in the group chat, and 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 a couple of them tried to cook me for this as well. But my my I, thing I is maybe. That, I think I think there were some I think there were some a few decent things about Pepe. I'm you know I don't know about the ball sticking and whatnot, but I think he's he he would get his shots off. I think he could, could be a threat, could be in be in behind threat. I think he could run one two two channels for us, and he's more mobile than Lacazette. So that's it. I think the whole Lacazette holds up the ball and brings others into play, and that I I agree with you, Dan. I think it's overstated. You know, I think all right, fine. Like we used to, we used to cook Ob- Obama Yang for not doing anything but scoring goals. But then because Obama was so bad at it. Yeah, but then we've gone so far the other way where my man's so bad at scoring goals. Like he is, he's, he's so bad at scoring goals. It doesn't matter that he can hold up or whatnot. He can't run. He can't move. Bro, he can't the guy, get... the thing, the thing that really pisses me off is my man has taken fourteen shots. Yeah, all season, bro. Like it's bad business, that... man. That is outrageous. That's bad yeah. business, bro. That is, that's actually, I think that's less than one shot per game. You're you know? bad at your craft, bro. That's it. You can't so tell me that. I think, I think, I think Gabriel uh, Magaliesh, or whatever his name is, yeah, the centre-back has taken the same number of shots as Lacazette this season, you know? And this guy's playing number nine. So, my, like, that, that is not conducive for a healthy attack. It's not like so, and, and all of this talk of link up this and the other, I think is is very overstated. All that link up stuff, I think he's he doesn't make himself as available as people think. Um, you know, I think there's been a few games where Abamyang has played up front and has been more of a focal point at times. So you see um, that Ramsdale pass to the striker. How many times have we seen that since um, Abamyang's come out of the team? You know, not 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 very often. You know, whereas when Aubameyang was playing, that was one of our our big weapons that you could visit into Aubameyang's feet uh, feet, and he would turn out and and flick it. And I think Lacazette's not offering himself in the same way. I think he does win fouls. He does like a physical battle, but I think his link. He's up actually, I think is, he's won us four penalties this season. Yeah, I think I think his link up is overstated. But I'm not going to lie to you. He finds himself out on the right right wing. That's not where you need to be, big man. You know, you need to leave that space for for other people, um, and he, he he hides and he shirks his responsibility, the main responsibility of getting on the end of stuff. You know, um, and you know, so people talk about the pressure on Martinelli and Saka, and I think um, and Erdegaard, Smith Rowe, and all that. But I don't think there is pressure on them. I think if they gonna if they play, I actually back them to just carry on doing what they're doing. Saka, he takes the most shots in our team. He's gonna get some goals. I back him to get another. You know, to hit double figures. Um, in 17 games, if he plays all 17 games. Smith Rowe, I back him to hit double figures. Uh, Martinelli, I back him to, to sort of double his return as well. Uh, maybe get about eight or nine goals. Erdegaard might get, you know, another two or three as well. So I don't think there is pressure on them. Um, I think the pressure is on Lacazette in that attack to actually fucking step there's, up and stop being a bum. There's definitely pressure on them, Dan. There's definitely pressure on them. No, but, because the objective is top four. And and we know we can't get top four if Saka don't score goals. If Emil Smith doesn't score goals. If Martinelli don't score goals. We don't make top four. But my, my thing is, they're, they're, they're doing it, Lewis. Yeah, they're doing they're it. They're doing it. Do you get what I mean? Now, it's where, so, now it really matters now. Yeah, but so I, I think in terms, in terms of who needs to step up is what I mean, yeah? In terms of there's added pressure on them. I think, I think these men... They're already stepping up. They're carrying us, these boys, yeah? 
So, you know, I get there is pressure on them to perform this and the other, but I think there's only pressure on them to perform because our senior guys are not cutting the mustard. You know, Aubameyang was poor at the start of the season. Lacazette's been poor um, in terms of goal scoring. Um, and then you've got, you know, the two guys behind him, Partey and, and Xhaka, who have also been letting the squad down in terms of fitness and availability, suspensions, this, that and the other. So, and, and just general performances. So, you know, I think, I think in terms of who the pressure is on from our starting eleven. I'm I'm looking at the three older guys, the guys who are 28 and above. They're the ones that I'm, I'm I think need to carry us and need to step up for the rest of the season. Mm. Yeah, yeah. No, mm. I I find I don't I don't disagree with that. I don't disagree with that at all. I just yeah, I'm not too sure it's gonna happen, man. I'm not too sure it's gonna happen. It's, um guys, I want to come back here yeah, end of the season when Arsenal get top four. And see what we say then. When? Yes. Did you say when? 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 Because it's You're very great, important man, to remember Arsenal are currently fighting on one front. Okay. They've let a lot of players go, but barring like a catastrophic, calamitous turn of events, I'm talking about injuries, suspensions galore. They've got enough to see them through the next uh, 17 games. They've got enough, guys. No if it can't, no pilot. I, I think no I do agree with you. I do agree with you. This is basically the team that's been playing all season anyway, right? Like, Aubameyang's not contributed anything. So, the team hasn't changed. The team is the same. The team is the team is the same that has got um, 30 whatever points it is now. And with a game in hand, yeah, game in hand, FC, la, la, la. But if, if we win our game in hand, we go fourth, right? It's the same... It's the same team. If it's the same team that if we win our three games in hand, which we're only two points behind Chelsea, yeah, fine, whatever, whatever we make of these game in hand things, right? It's still the same team, and you know, um, Man United are weaker for obvious reasons. Spurs, we don't know yet, right? We don't know. They bought a couple players. They're not names that particularly worry me, but I don't know if that is, you know, if that's something that. I should be looking into because it's Conte at the end of the day and you know Conte works magic with fucking Victor Moses and you know uh mm. Ma- M- Marcus Alonso or whatever it is and um so so maybe that's something to worry about I do think Spurs are probably the favorites for the top four I make them slight favorites for the top four simply because I do expect Kane to start scoring again um they've got a better manager than us um because they got about seventeen million games in hand as well. Yeah, but that I mean they they it's haven't a, really. They've only got one more one game, game in hand, hand than they, us. Yeah, and they're, they're yeah. still in the FA Cup though, so you know that can that can be. Yeah, but we know stress. they're going out because they never win any trophies, don't they? So yeah. they'll, they'll be going. Yeah, the, out, the so. thing is, the thing is that you know I just think we have to we have to look at these fixtures and obviously with this one game a week thing, I think there is there's a lot of points. Still to be won, yeah. So like, I look at the home games that we have. We've got, um, like in terms of hard home games, we've got United and Liverpool um, to play from the big six um, teams. And Chelsea as well. The, no? uh, we've got to play them away. Oh, um, sorry, right. But, oh, at home. Yes. Sorry, yeah. We've in, yeah. Our run in is favourable. Yeah. Yeah. So then, otherwise, the, our home games, right? We've got Brentford at home, Leicester at home, Brighton. Um, Leeds and Everton at home, right? And I, I'm, I, I think there are some difficult games there, but I expect us, 
I expect us to to to, to win the majority of those, bar you know those big games where you know there might be a draw. Um, but United at home, we've been quite good uh, in recent times, um, and you know Liverpool. Um, they they tend to they tend to to give us a good game there. So you know, and then in terms of away games, um, we got Watford away, Palace away, Southampton away, West Ham, Newcastle, Spurs, and Chelsea. Right. So you know, I think it's 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 pretty balanced that there's you know sort of two very difficult games at home, two very difficult games away, um, and the rest. I think we should really be favourites to pick up the points there. Do you know what I mean? So. So, so that's the way I'm looking at it. That's the way I'm looking at it. I, you know, so I, I've, 17 games left. In my maths, I've I've done, we need 10 wins to make top four. 10 wins and a couple draws. I mm, think 68 puts, points. 68. Mm. I think 68 gets us top four. Um, mm. So I think if we can win 10 of us, it'll be screaming it. But um, I think 10 from those 17 is definitely doable. Mm. Definitely and, and, is if you, doable. and if you... And if you think about it as well, we so I think we're level on points with Spurs. They have one game in hand, right? And I think, like, if if you put everyone on the same games and everyone wins their games in hand, what, what I think Spurs are the ones that are fourth. We would be fifth. Spurs would be third, actually. I swear. Right. Okay. Yeah. So and we'd be we'd be just outside in fifth, two behind yeah. Chelsea. So we need to get one more win versus both those clubs. Yeah. So. Even if we don't get those ten wins, but if they get nine, and we get we get ten, or if they get eight wins and we get nine mm-hmm. wins, you know that's enough. So, mm. you know, I think we just need to make sure that we stay in touch and beat the teams that we need to beat. And I, I personally think, you know, even though I'm disappointed with the transfer window, I don't think it's terminal to our season at all. You know, no. I still think there's a lot to play for. And you know, if you're looking at that Burnley game as well. Potentially, if you have Xhaka and Partey there or Pepe to come off, off the bench, you know, mm. we might win. We probably win that game, you know. So even if there are sort of tough ones, we're scraping it. I think we've got enough with everyone fit um, to, to, to to win most of these games. So, you know, um, I, I still have faith. You know, I still have faith. I'm not normally the positive one, but, you know, I definitely don't think this season is over at all. Before we wrap things up, then let's just get let's get some mid-season predictions. Then, Dan, you're saying we're going to finish fourth, yeah? I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. But I, I think where, where are we finish. Give me a number. I think fifth. I think fifth is where we're going to okay, end up. Okay, fifth. All right, Jesse. Jesse, you've already said fifth, fourth, right? No, no. Yeah. So I'm thinking uh, Chelsea are going to have a massive slide, and Arsenal, Tottenham to get um third and fourth. Wow! Wow! Nice. I'm I not going to lie. They are on a slide. They are on a slide. Like. <laughs> they're, they're a lot closer to the top four race than they would like. And, you know, like I said, with those games in hands. Um, I'm not going to yeah. lie. I would love Chelsea to finish outside of, of the top. Oh, four. it'd be, it'd be, it'd be lovely. Meads was saying on, on the pod that, oh yeah, I'm, I'd be content if we finished fourth. No, you wouldn't. Yeah, I, 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 no, need, you would I need, I need that. I need that. Yeah. Cause I, I, I'm not going to lie. Obviously Spurs are the big rivals in that, but I just hate the way Chelsea been talking this 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 past mm. sort of since winning the Champions League, puffing out their chest, doing the madness, mm. talking about the manager, talking about the players. This, that, and the other. If they finish outside of the top four, I'm dunking on Bear Man. Bear Man. Mm. Sh- Shabs? I think fifth, you know. No, no, I'm lying. Sixth. Who's going to finish above us? Spurs and um, United. Mm. Yeah, 
I think United. I think the top. I think the top four. I don't think the top four changes very much for what it is right now. I don't think there's going to be a lot of points in it. By the way, I no. think it would be like you know, a, like a whole difference points. or something. Yeah, not even that. I think we're, we're looking at like between fourth and sixth, seventh. I think we're looking at like a, a four point split, maybe mm. five points max. Um, so I don't Similar think to last year, to be fair, wasn't it? Yeah, I don't think there's going to be a huge difference. I think this is the level of competition we're seeing now in the Prem. Like you've got Villas who are improving. I, th- I reckon Newcastle will obviously survive and take some points off a few um, teams unexpectedly at the top, at the higher end. But I think like teams like um, Aston Villa as well are going to cause some problems. And I think other teams will continue to take points off of each other. I think City are probably going to drop some points as well to some of the bigger sides, to some of the lesser sides. They're going to focus on Europe. They've pretty much wrapped up the league. So I think there's still loads to play for. There's loads going on. But yeah, I think there'll be a split of four or five points from fourth place to seventh. And I think we'll we'll finish sixth and not far off of fourth at all. And I think we'll all be furious because we'll come back to this point in January. This deadly day. Yeah, and I don't think there's more to say Mm. than that. Mm, mm, mm. I'm going to say fifth as well. I think Spurs are slight favourites, man. And I I, I do agree with you, Shabs. I think it's going to be like, there'll be like three points between fourth, maybe third, fourth, fifth, sixth. There'll be like three, four points in it. Because I just, I don't don't think Chelsea are as imperious as they were. And I can definitely see them sliding in. And, you know, who, who knows? Maybe they finish fourth and maybe someone else finishes third. I don't know. Because they, they're struggling like, to score. That, that, um, that, um, what do you call it? That game at Stamford Bridge is not a foregone conclusion at all. Mm. Um, when we play them, you know, um, their form at home has been quite poor. Um, of late, that's where most of their draws have actually come. Um, yeah. I think that Spurs, that Spurs win was probably their first win in a while. So, you know, if we can give them a game there and maybe get something out of it, um, that drags them that drags them right into it. Drags them mm. right into it. All right, cool. Let's call it a night because we've been going an hour and a half. I'm tired. My girlfriend, she's causing me trouble in the background. She wants me to come on. Um, she's not, you can't sit on, it's not actually my sofa. It's not actually my living room. But yeah, she's not there. But um, um, Jess, give us your second plug. No. Oh, all right. <laughs> you sure you don't? It's free oh, advertisement. Nah. You know what? All right, then. What's meant to be will be. They know where to find you, innit? No, but thanks for having me, guys. Listen, I'm always up for um, touchy gooners. Bear in mind, guys, a lot of the things I say here, I'm just playing devil's advocate because I'm used to hosting as opposed to being a guest. So, uh, like honestly, my thoughts are not usually my own. I'm just playing devil's advocate, so um, you know, just just indulge me. Indulged. Anyway, it was great having you, Shabs, Dan. Um, big up yourselves. We'll be back. Uh, when is our next game? We, we we ain't got a game for for a while, right? Tenth, no, it's on like we still got we still got over a week. Yeah, right. I think it's next okay. Thursday. Right. Well, we'll be back soon. Anyway, so take it easy, everyone. And we'll be back very soon. Take it easy. Peace out, guys. It's got to 2 2, and we've still got more than half an hour to go. And here's Ozil. Lacazette. Ozil! Go! Go!
Network.